What's going on, everyone? Back with another exciting episode of Battleline Podcast. I cannot believe that we are more than 50 episodes deep into this thing since uh, we started nearly a year ago. And I really appreciate all of you who have been loyally listening every week for the past 11 months or so. It's pretty crazy. Pretty much exactly 11 months just about on the dot. Uh, If you've been enjoying it and you haven't yet, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Great episode this week with Leo Jenkins, Army Ranger, who I've known for quite some time, who's been involved in some really remarkable missions, including Operation Red Wings. We talk about that, and we talk about a whole lot more. But before we get into that interview, and before we get into our intro, this is the intro before the intro, where we tell you some of the great people that keep us doing what we do, and that we really suggest that you guys check out. Uh, First and foremost, we're going to start with Ned. 50 million Americans suffer from sleep disorders. Many of them are prescribed sleeping pills and subsequently become addicted. There's a better way, so Ned created it. Sleep deeper for longer and wake up refreshed. Ned's Sleep Blend is a natural path to steady, consistent, and deeper sleep. This tincture blends CBN, a powerful cannabinoid that promotes sleep, with 750 milligrams of CBD made from the world's purest single-source full-spectrum hemp oil and organic and wild-crafted botanicals used in traditional medicine to foster rest. Want to know more about CBN? Cannabinoil CBN is a cannabis compound that occurs naturally as the cannabis plant ages. Previously seen as a throwaway byproduct, it has recently been recognized as an all-natural way to catch some Z's. And look, if you've been going to the gym, which I'm getting back into the flow of that, you're going to need your rest, you're going to need your recovery, and even if you're not in that camp, if you want to function properly on a daily basis, you need some sleep, and you want to find a way to do that that's not habit-forming, that's not addictive, and that's not, quite honestly, destructive to your health. So that's exactly where Ned comes in. All of their products are awesome. You always hear us talk about Ned. And if you want to check out Ned and especially the Sleep Blend that just came out, you can check it out for yourself as well as their CBD. We have a special offer for the podcast audience. Go to helloned.com slash battleline or just enter battleline at checkout for 15% off your first order or 20% off your first subscription order plus free shipping. That's H-E-L-L-O. NED.com slash battleline to get 15% off your first one time order or 20% off your first subscription order plus free shipping. And as we've been saying, man, Ned products have helped me out, they've helped Chris out, and members of our audience are really getting better sleep. Uh, it's healing them with different problems that they're having. Uh, you can read all about the benefits of CBD, and Ned is pure CBD. Uh, You can research them more on their website as well. Once again, helloned.com and offer code BATTLELINE. Thank you, Ned. Today's show is also sponsored in part by Medieval Industries. They manufacture the only fully adjustable foregrip on the market. The 360 VFG mounts to all tactical rails and allows you to swivel and lock the grip into any position on the fly, whether you're hunting, shooting for sport, or challenging yourself in precision tactical shooting competitions. This unique adjustable foregrip will become a natural extension of your rifle. 
Medieval has expanded their product line to include a quick detach tripod and most recently quick detach adjustable monopod. They've designed and engineered the necessary components to create a tactical shooting system and have integrated the QD tripod into their line of modular quick detach accessories. Medieval's newest setup, the Overwatch Commander, is an extremely stable shooting platform that's quickly and easily deployed in tight spaces. This new lightweight compact system is capable of what many heavier, larger tripods in the market can do and allows for widespread accessibility because of its small footprint. The entire system weighs just under six pounds and deploys in seconds. Guys in the special operations community who have tried it are raving about Medieval's products. If you're a shooter, you want to get on board and check them out. Medieval Industries is committed to providing all gun enthusiasts with precision-engineered, high-quality weapons accessories. All products are designed and developed with first-rate materials for strength and endurance. I know that they're in the works to be uh, seen at some bigger retail stores, but at the moment, just check out their website. It's mid-evil.com, mid-evil.com. And as always, Fort Scott Munitions is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition that is designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in all 50 states, as well as direct online through fortscottmunitions.com. I actually just made an order with Fort Scott. Love those guys. And I used, I really did use our own promo code, Battleline. And you guys got to do the same. Use the exclusive promo code BATTLELINE for 15% off your order. Only available to our listeners. So get on that. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, BATTLELINE Tactical, and the BATTLELINE Podcast. As we always say, enough of me rambling. Let's hit it. From Omaha, Nebraska to New York City, from planet Earth to extraterrestrial life in space, a podcast with no equal, engaged in unconventional warfare through your speakers and headphones. This is a show about embracing the suck, conquering your demons, and finding God in the face of adversity. Chris Tonto Peranto. Switch is on. Motherfucker, I'm going to shoot you in the face. Ian Scotto. You know, Ian and I have been dead for a long time. You are now tuned into the Battle Line Podcast. The switch is on. Very excited to have. Actually, I would say a very good friend of mine, Leo Jenkins, on the podcast. Uh, 
who's probably one of the first Army Rangers I ever got a chance to meet. And I've stayed in touch ever since. You know, not on a consistent basis, but pretty often yeah. I hear from Leo and I feel like he's a guy always up to something new. Um, you know, before we get into anything, I I have to mention, just as a diehard music guy, I know you're a rock guy. Man, rest in peace to the greatest to ever uh, do it, Eddie Van Halen. Yeah, I I, I see that. And honestly, I, I think my wife, you know, I think my wife told me that before. And yeah, I... I Great, great uh, musician. Um, but I always said, I said, man, he lived a long time. She goes, well, no, he didn't. He was only 65. I said, yeah, but he was 65 and a rocker. He lived a long time. I said, <laughs> I said in, his, in his line of work, he lived a long time. So, you know, uh, um, yeah, you just you keep seeing the, the actual musicians, people that actually play their music. They just, they keep, you know, and the guys that we grew up with when music, when actually MTV was still MTV. And or I should say, I grew up with. You caught the end of it, Taylor. Or MTV was tail end. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. We're, MTV was still MTV, and 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 bands still actually played their own music. And uh, you know, there was always was that argument: who's the greatest guitar player of all time? But yeah, he was always always one of the argued to be the best. So, and and um, I think it was that, always between him and Hendrix. Maybe Hendrix. some Stevie Ray Vaughan, maybe a few others. I see, and it was I, and uh, um. But yeah, you know, it's 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 just uh, music. The music world lost another professional musician, um, and and you know, I wouldn't say he was a character. I think I think his lead singers, whether it was Van Hagar or Van Halen, <laughs> were the characters. Eddie, Eddie Lee, was it Eddie Lee? How did I say it? Eddie Lee Roth? So I say, you know what's funny? I, I said we Eddie were Lee, talking I, about. I would screw that up. I said I, I no we singer you you. <laughs> When we had Diamond Dallas Page on, you said Diamond Dave at one point, and now we're did, actually talking about up. Diamond Dave. <laughs> I mess up the names <laughs> all the time. Eddie Van Halen and David Lee Roth. I said Eddie Lee Roth, whatever. Um, and then Sammy Hager. But that being said again, you know, I, I even still have his uh, – I still even have Van Halen on my workout playlist. And I have Van Hagar. Who, who doesn't, know, though? Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. those songs are so – the thing about them – is I feel like his playing was so aggressive yeah. that it was fun. It yeah. put a smile on your face every time you heard it. And it's so hard to believe that those two guys didn't get along because when you saw them on stage, you even saw the music videos, yeah. they look like they're having the time of their life. There was always a huge smile on yeah. both their faces. And you know what I think is one of the coolest things just on a human level beyond just what an innovator and a pioneer he was, was that those last three tours, you know, some people were like, oh, it's not Michael Anthony, it's not the same. But yeah. I think it's so cool that he got to bring his son out there. Yeah. And and that first tour, his son was only 16 years old. So the basically the last 10 years of his playing career, he got to experience on stage with not just his brother, but his son. Son family. Um, That's a big deal. And I should I should pull this up actually because I thought what his son wrote was very touching, just as someone who has a great relationship with my dad. And I understand he wrote, I can't believe I'm having to write this, but my father, Edward Van Halen, has lost his long and arduous battle with cancer this morning. He was the best father I could ever ask for. Every moment I've shared with him on and off stage was a gift. My heart is broken, and I don't think I'll ever fully recover from this loss. I love you so much, Pop. And, you know, a picture of them together. And they looked like they really valued that time together. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, it's it's hard knowing the miss missing time with my kids. I know how hard it is to be away from family, and then you miss all those those years. Being able to have a five year old now, and then with fifteen year old, I get to see. I'm seeing what I actually missed with the fifteen year old. So, 
any time you have with your children is special, especially if you're able to take them on your job. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's real. I don't know if you saw this. This is one of the last public appearances of Eddie Van Halen that was really funny, I thought, was um, so there was there was a lot of talk about Eddie suffering with his battle with cancer, but Eddie yeah. was very private. He never really spoke about it. He he wasn't out there saying I have cancer. There was apparently supposed to be a 2019 final tour with the original lineup with Metallica on some dates, with Foo Fighters on some dates, which would have been amazing. But behind the scenes, Eddie was struggling with cancer, and he didn't want to say that. But you could check this out. There's pictures of it online. He went with his son to a Tool concert, and a picture came out because some guy at the Tool concert handed Eddie his camera, his phone. And he said, hey, man, do you mind taking a picture with me? Had no idea it was Eddie Van Halen. (laughs) And so uh, his son took a picture, and he was like, look, you know, this guy asked my dad for a picture. has no idea who he is. And uh, which was just so funny. And people saw that picture. And I think a lot of people said, you know what? Maybe his health is OK that he's out here at a show with his you know, son. Yeah. But it turned out it wasn't. And one of the crazy things, look, no matter how much of a musical genius Eddie Van Halen was, I refuse to believe his idea that he says, oh, I got cancer from, you know, using a metal guitar pick in my mouth in the studio all the time. Uh, I mean, the guy was a constant smoker. It's it's safe to say he got it from smoking. And, you know, I had, I had a grandpa who had emphysema and lived very long, but it was, you know, grueling at the end. And and I think smoking, man, it is it's yeah. just one of those number one killers. And, and especially if you're a young person listening, never pick it up, man. It's one thing I've never done even once in my life. Yeah. You know, I just just be careful what you be care- safe. Be careful what you put in your mouth. <laughs> it's plain and simple. <laughs> whatever that is. Um, yeah, I said it's 65 years old. Uh, you know, if, if it, it doesn't shock, you know, in the lifestyle, it, it, you know, rest in peace. He was, he was, a, you know, he, he was a tremendous, tremendous artist. And obviously he worked hard at his craft. I always have respect whether I agree with somebody or not, as far as their, whatever they do on the outside, if they work hard at their craft, that that's, that's respectable to me. And of course he did. You don't get that good. I mean, there's yeah. natural ability to kind of put the time into it to be that freaking good. Um, and I said, I grew up with him. I grew up with Van Halen and Van Hagar. And Offer Teacher still the best music video ever made. Ever made. In the, in yep. the world. <laughs> still. And, and, um, yeah, you just, and also, you know, he married he married the girl I had a crush on, uh, Valerie Bertinelli, when I was growing up, because it was that show I was always watching with her on it. And that, was, that was the age when I was starting to starting to feel my loins a little bit. Started the, the puberty <laughs> started to kick in. Like, oh my gosh, he married Valerie Bertinelli. That bastard. I had a shot. Obviously, he didn't have a shot, but, <laughs> but the, the you know that's yeah that's that's cool. It, it whenever I don't see it as you know it, it's it's sad it's sad and just like you know our veterans pass away and and people you know but it, it's sad for any of that. Um, but whenever when I heard it, it wasn't I didn't like oh shit lost another one. It was I remembered of me growing up with Van Halen man and playing football listening to Van yeah. Halen but in in the eight track cassette Sony Walkman before going out and playing playing a game of football that was what you get pumped up in the locker room to was Van Halen man and Van Hagar man 5150 with Van Hagar was best <laughs> albums that's fantastic album it's a little poppy for the Van Halen people but I the people that like David Lee Roth over Van over Eddie uh over uh, Sammy Hagar but man 5150 still is one of the greatest albums I said my opinion ever still and that's what some of those songs are pulled on my workout list that's a tremendous tremendous so uh yeah i know i'm rambling because i'm remembering 
being the no, no, I mean, I I am too, man. It's it it hit me. Rest in peace to it to a true legend, a true pioneer. Anyone who's great at their craft is someone who inspires me. It doesn't matter if they're great, you know, honestly, on the battlefield like you, if they're great on guitar, if they're I I think people are inspired by that greatness. Like, someone who really takes yeah. their craft seriously. And actually, I'll throw this out there when you said um, you know, whether you agree with people of what they do on or off stage, I will say Eddie Van Halen is actually one of those guys who he just he played and that was it. That was and you it. heard him, you know sometimes get into his playing and the technicality, but I couldn't tell you if he was a Republican or Democrat, he didn't really weigh in on that and, stuff. And I liked it that yeah, way. Yeah. Who, who, again, that's, that's who, who cares? Just, you know, like what you do, you, like you go back to Eddie Van Halen and you, stuff like that, where, where if you're in a public eye and you're a musician, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't want to know your politics. I just, just let's make people smile with how hard that you, your soul and how much you put your heart and soul in the music or whatever you're doing and it comes across it it does come across as being a positive for everybody so i agree i agree man i'm completely agreeing with you i don't i don't have any i did he have any i don't care and honestly i don't give a shit all i know i is don't he think was, he ever did i and i've and you know me i'm a nerd i'm someone you, you know who, that. uh i'm a you would have known that i'm a music nerd i'm not someone who just you know that's kind of where you and i separate i i'm not someone who just says it's a great song I need to nerd out. I need to know, like, where did they record the song? Who where mixed the song? Who produced the song? And, I, <laughs> and that's why, like, I, I have listened to, like, all the Eddie Van Halen interviews and the things that I could tell you about him. You know, I'll be honest, very cocky guy, very cocky about his craft, but so are a lot of the greats. So is Michael Jordan, you know? So is Ted Nugent when we interviewed him. Yeah, exactly. Oh, there's another great guitar player right there. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. I agree. That's a great guitar player, Ted Nugent. But yeah, we I actually know. heard a story. Go ahead. I'm sorry that we're going over each other. It's a little bit of the connection here. But no, I did hear a story over everything happening that apparently Ted Nugent at one point early in their careers wanted to play on Eddie Van Halen's guitar and see what it was like. And Eddie wanted to play on his guitar. And because they were so unique with their uh, with the way they set up their amps, the way they set yeah. up their guitars, Eddie apparently grabs uh, Ted Nugent's guitar and he was like, I don't even know what to do with this. I can't play this. And same with Ted playing his guitar. I actually, I heard that. I want to say I heard that. That was when MTV actually still MTV. I think that was on news with, with uh, Tabitha Stewart. Oh, she was, she was a hottie on MTV. That was Steven. Tabitha Stevens. Tabitha Stevens. I think it, Tabitha, yeah, I think that was on there. Um, yeah, I remember that, brother. Wait, no, wait, wait, I'm thinking Tabitha Sorum. Tabitha Sorum, right? Are I'm you sure it wasn't Tab- all the names. Tabitha Stevens? Tabitha... Is a, that's a porn star. <laughs> uh, I know. Oh, is she? Wow, I'm showing. Uh, I'm hey, showing I, ain't my sh- I ain't ashamed. Any, I've, I've been overseas for 10 years. Don't even think for one second that you, Tabitha Sorum. Tabitha, Tabitha Sorum. Sorum. I, was, I was right the second time. Tabitha Stevens. I, I, I know Tabitha Stevens is a porn star. Hey, <laughs> man. Yo, don't hate Don't hate me. <laughs> Don't, yep, don't hate me, guys. And every veteran out there that's been deployed knew exactly when you said that name. You're like, no, that's not who that is. I, that's a that's a porn. That's to porn. my <laughs> to my defense, to my defense, I could tell you why I remember the name because she's on Howard Stern every now and again. That's, He's a big Howard guy. Uh, that's right. That's and that's how I remember the name too. Wink, wink, nod, nod. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Tab of the sword. Hey, no, so uh, I remember that. Yep. Yeah, so with that, I, I was going to say, before we get to Leo, um, you just had another Battleline tactical course. Yeah. I saw the pictures. It looks like it was a smaller course. Wondering how it went. Um, 
No, it was good. It, Battle Line Tactical, we always ha- we're always doing real well. Always fill up. We had about 20 people. It was a private course. So, so sorry for people that were in the area that didn't know about it. There were a couple that were pissed off that belonged to the range there that we went to. And they're like, why didn't we know? But, well, it was, it was set up by a, a private organization uh, organizer that wanted to have it for sp- a specific group of people, which we do at Battle Line. You just have to contact us. Uh, um, but, um, yeah, it was fantastic. Always. And Lake Geneva, if you've never been to Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, that's I mean, it's it's like an unknown gym and the Grand Geneva Resort is right next to the range. And it's for the kids. It's just a beautiful area this time of year. I mean, that's that's fall. That's Halloween. That's that's the trees changing and and people get into the, the season. And it was awesome because it was still, you know, 60 degrees, 65 and beautiful day. And you get to get out there and shoot with great people. And they're all having fun. You had some, you had some very beginners, like right, never shot before out there. And it's always wonderful to see the smile on their face when they realize that the gun is, don't be, you don't have to be afraid of a gun. It's not, it's not scary. It's the person behind it. That's the problem. If it's a bad person or not, but just to see them gain confidence in themselves. And I, I, I do, I implore uh, a lot of people, if you're afraid of weapons, get out there and, and go shoot one. Get with, but get with an instructor that's not an arrogant piece of shit. I mean, I, you know, I, I can get ties, but not when I'm on the ring. That's just not not what it is because you, you get somebody that's very timid around a firearm. You want a good instructor out there that's that's willing to listen. Daniel Lombard teaches with me, and of course, those that have been with Ben Morgan and Benny Glossop know this as well. Very patient. We're not going to yell at you. It's, it's just not it's not how you learn out there, and that's not how you gain confidence with the farm or gain confidence in yourself. And um, so it was great. No, you just you get, I love seeing the smiles on people's faces at the end of the day. We're like, man, this was actually pretty fun. I didn't know if I was going to like it or not. This was I enjoy, and you just see their confidence in themselves rise because it is it, it's, it is an empowering thing to have a gun. It is. I'm not going to lie and tell you it's not picking up the gun, knowing how to use it. It, the empowerment turns into confidence if you have a good genuine heart to begin with. If, if you're an asshole to begin with, then that does turn into more arrogant with it. But that's where, as an instructor, you lead them in the right direction, put them on the right path right at the beginning. Like, hey, don't use it unless you need it. This doesn't make you any tougher than anybody else. In fact, it could go the opposite route, but have the confidence that you know how to use it if you have to in the situation that arises. And you just see the smiles, dude. It was great. It was a fantastic course. I'll tell you something interesting. Exactly what you're saying now um, is something that I think is echoed among guys like you who have seen the same thing. Because I, I can tell you right now, I'm doing, uh, you know, as you know, I'm working on Jim West's audiobook. Yeah. And Jim West echoes a lot of the same things you say in his martial arts book that's basically like, hey, here's some crazy bar fights I got into. But if there's one thing I should I could suggest, it's like, don't go oh, looking yeah. for trouble. You should have this in your back pocket if you need it. And but don't ever get in front and say I'm going to start this fight. I'm going to I'm going to I want to get into it because it's always going to end badly. Um, the best way to win a fight is to not get in a fight at all. Uh, and walking away is okay at times. You know, um, there's times to defend yourself, and there's time where there's that last resort. What do I do? I got no other option. All right. Well, now I know what to do. I have the confidence to do what I need to do to stop this whatever's happening to me and it and i i do i do get real with them i, I tell i'll tell people hey guys this is a gun this is not stopping a threat i'm not going to get into the semantics you may have to kill somebody are you ready and willing to do that i don't want you to i don't want that even to be on the table unless that's the only option but understand that that might happen and if it does it will change your life forever 
whether yeah, and it will. I, I know guys. Oh no, I still. I, no, I, I even get to tough guys saying, "Oh no, I still feel this." No, it will change your life forever. It will. But when you put that all on the table, then they see that you're genuine. They see you're authentic. You're not just trying to. And, and, and you're not just trying to use a spell on words to downplay it. And I think when you start with that way, their eyes pick up first of all, and they say, "Okay, this is very serious. I need to be safe with this thing." But and like I said, at the end of the day, they understand that. We're not teaching you to go out there and start a fight. We're not teaching you to, to, to hurt anybody. Um, we're just teaching you how to defend yourself and take care of yourself and kill that person. Or if you want to say stop the threat, as a lot of instructors would say, stop the threat um, if somebody's trying to hurt you or your family members. But other than that, no, you don't have to use it. Get out of there. Walk away. And, and, and um, yeah, I, I I would never, and any good instructor would never say, let's just get into it. Hey, I, I know it switches on, shoot that motherfucker in the face. Yes, I said that. And yes, downrange, that is applicable. <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. That's a different. Well, that <laughs> that even goes into that if you if you are someone who is looking to do that, you know, and you're yeah. of the age, go to a recruitment center. But in terms of yeah. domestic, it's a different situation. Different situation, completely different situation. And I said, I think if you come to Battleline course, you see how this all comes together. And and again, at the end of the day, I, I've, I've never I, I always see a smile. I've never seen a whole class leave where where there there's not a smile on someone's face. It's not the majority of their faces. There are guys that come in that are very good and they want to improve and they get frustrated because maybe they didn't do a tactic right. And, you know, it's like kind of losing the game, knowing that you can win. But the clock ran out. Like, oh, well, this is the end of the course, guys. I know you want to keep doing this over and over again, but we got to go home eventually. They get a little upset, but it's not a frustration because they're upset at the, at the course. They're a frustration because they they want to keep working at it, working at it, working at it, and it's just more of a frustration in theirs in themselves. But that's uh, you know that's that's great because then they go and they improve on their own, which is as an instructor is what you want to see. You want to see them practice on their own and improve. So they put me out of a job. I don't want to. Have it everybody's doing everything correctly, then there's no need for instructors. And that's great, but mentally well, and having the mindset of don't go looking for that fight ever go looking for a fight, walk away, walk away, get out of it, get out of that situation, unless that's the last option. And then if that is, all right, switch is on. You shouldn't have picked, you picked the wrong person to mess with. Don't go thinking that, you know, don't, don't go looking yeah. for a, don't go looking to get in a fight in Wisconsin Put that way. And that can go in that can go in different routes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, with that, Fort Scott Munitions is helping us do what we do every single week on this podcast. You guys know them. Many of you have already ordered from them. They are a great manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition. It's designed to tumble upon impact. That's their trademark, tumbles upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed-out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military-grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in all 50 states, as well as direct online through fortscottmunitions.com. F-O-R-T-S-C-O-T-T. 
M-U-N-I-T-I-O-N-S dot com. Go there now and use the promo code BATTLELINE. You're going to get 15% off your order, and that's only for our listeners. You just heard Chris talk about his uh, Battleline Tactical course. They use Fort Scott Munitions there. It's the best. So Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris, Battleline Tactical, and us here at the podcast. And we're very excited to bring on Leo Jenkins, 75th Ranger Regiment, 3rd Ranger Battalion, combat veteran, medic, author of many books. The latest, which just came out, is War and Pieces. Leo is probably one of the first Army Rangers I ever got to hang out with. And you know what? Even though I just moved temporarily to my parents' house, I still have the challenge coin you gave me. I will always keep that, the Ranger challenge coin. No, I, I mean, it's, it says something that I didn't turn you off from the whole experience of hanging out with Rangers. We can be a bit of a, a ruckus bunch if you're not used to it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I was like, holy shit, how come you still are like, talking to guys like Leo and myself, Ian? How the uh, I mean, Fucking Leo fucked it up for everybody. Everybody go home. Fucking Ranger sucks, man. <laughs> Well, it was really you you and Marty Scovland around the same time, and you guys were doing a lot. And one of the things about you that I, I think I said it in the intro is you're someone who is constantly doing something new, whether it was like that nomadic veterans trip with, or if you want to call it a trip, with Marty, where you just traveled all over the country, or, or going overseas snowboarding or writing books, doing these poetry readings across America. Like I feel like you're someone who is always exploring new territory, which is just so cool to see. Yeah, I did, boredom doesn't doesn't wear well with me. If I'm not doing something, I'm a real asshole to be around. <laughs> I, uh, my my wife can speak to that. She's like, just go go paint or go write or go surf, go do something because I don't want you under my feet. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a child that way, so it's got a, it's something new and it, like to entertain. And once I figure something, out, I kind of get bored with it and I set it aside and I go try to figure something else out. So that has led to being a jack of many trades and a master of none so far so the, so my question was and this is a ranger question or anything which one of you guys smells worse after being on the on the walkabout you or marty because marty just looks uh, like he stinks man if he hadn't taken a shower in a while i wouldn't want to be his damn ranger <laughs> yeah. buddy at ranger school yeah uh, holy shit so which one of you just has the odorous really assy smell that you get down in that taint area you know you just can't get rid of with one wet wipe you gotta like I got a drawback in the medic experience, right? I saw that, like, holy shit. I what is it? The, um, the, the olfactory <laughs> fatigue, right? So, like, the 12, the 12 cranial nerves, right? Uh, one of them being the uh, – so, like, um, that nerve, once you're around a certain smell for a period of time, it just kind of – it just goes, all right, uh, I'm done smelling this. So, I think after the first, like, hour and a half of us hanging out in a boxcar, uh, you know, in an old coal train together, we – like we just couldn't smell each other's stank anymore, um, and and then all there was left was just to hash out every different philosophical argument that we could for three weeks. Uh, that, and, you know, that's cool. I, I remember paying attention to that, and I I I knew Marty, you know, before before you know Leo. And again, I don't know if we've we've actually met maybe at one of the trade shows or something, but you know, I, or Marty spoken of you. No, before. we never we never have man, and, and like. It's like it's a huge thing for me to be able to hang out and talk with you and meet you. I think oh. the closest uh, that we, the closest that we've been has been um, on the wall at Emmett O'Looney's. Uh, oh, both yes. of our books are up there. That's next right. To- oh <laughs> man, that what a great place too. That sucked shutting that place down. That was a fantastic man. 
Yeah, one I, of my favorite spots. I mean, anywhere, anywhere, anywhere to grab a pint and have good conversation. And yeah, yeah phenomenal, phenomenal spot. Uh, and he, I, I do know that Emmett, Emmett still listens to the show, so it's cool that he, we still have this community. You it, know? it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he's like he was a stop off on the nomadic veterans trip, and he, I mean, That's he right. never heard of us, he never met us before, and he put us in the back booth, and he just kept uh, feeding us um, yeah. the whole time we were there. We sat there, charged our phones up, and everything. Such a gracious uh, human being and, and patriot. Uh, yeah, he and is. I went back there, I did reading there, and just an awesome spot. Is uh, and it, I think his dad's place. They even closed his dad after the 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 pandemic or whatever. His dad's place shut down too because they had they had old Emmett's place and they had old Looney's and it, it is yeah. Because now I mean, you just have no place to go in New York for us where we can actually fit in somewhere in New York. I guess we can fit in everywhere. But you feel comfortable? Cause you're right. At Emmett's place, yeah. you could get in Emmett. Hey, what's going? And he put me in the back. Same thing. Back booth. And he, nobody bothered me, and he just bring me food, and I just get to sit there and read and, and hang out, you know, someplace private in New York, which is hard to do in New York. So, man, I, I agree. It's too bad. But that's still tremendous, you and Marty doing that. Can what did, And I want to know, and this is from me. I just want to know. I don't know if the, I don't know if the listeners want to know. And honestly, I don't care if you guys want to know. I want to know. What, <laughs> what? Yeah, what drove you and Marty to, to do that, to do the little walkabout, to do the boxcar thing? I, mean, I thought it was cool as hell. I mean, it's just I would never think of doing <laughs> Marty gets all the intellectual property rights on that concept. I helped him tweak it a little bit, but so interesting thing, right? Yes. And he's like, Oh, would well, you want to know what it is? I'm like, I don't really care. I'll see you in Denver in three weeks. So, um, yeah, I, like I was in Santiago, Chile competing in the CrossFit games regionals there. And he called me up. He had just, I, <laughs> I met up, I met up with him and he told me what was going on with it. He's like, I want to, I want to try to get, you know, as far as we can with nothing but a backpack and $100. And I was watched The Secret oh, Life no, of Walter Mitty. Great movie, though. <laughs> and that is a great, great movie. With Marty, like, yeah, yeah, this, this, is, this is my kind of a thing. So, like, I got really excited about it. And then we started, like, the ranger planning mode. Marty is the kind of guy who will take something and just, like, oh, this is a, you know, I'm going to chase this idea to the furthest extreme and, and uh you know, trying to figure things out beforehand. And, um, yeah, so it was, it was, it was Marty's idea and I kind of, and so am I. So he, he called me up and it was essentially like, Hey, do you want to go do this adventure with me? I got this idea, like this thing helped, uh, tweak and tune it a little bit, but it was definitely his op order. And, um, it was just like a, it was like a, it was a way to, to like this traveling thing. And I was like, yes, I sure do. And, uh, <laughs> you had me at hello. <laughs> yeah, I kind of just do something f- fun together that could bring awareness to to a great organization that was helping veterans uh, with their transition. And I had just written on assimilation. And so it just I was like, this is perfect. It's just fortuitous and everything kind of lined up. So uh, and it, what a trip it was, man. It was really fun. Uh, and we've been trying to figure out a way to do something else like that together ever since. It just hasn't worked out with our timing. Well, you're both you're both fathers now, so it's a little bit different. His his wife was actually eight months pregnant when we left on that trip, um, <laughs> which says oh, a lot what a dirtbag that douche. He just let what? <laughs> I'm kidding, no, Marty. I love you. No, yeah, I, I mean, I you, know, said you, sure you said you you said yourself like, you were watching the Simpsons while you were watching the Simpsons while your wife was pregnant, so you can't talk. Yeah, <laughs> that's I'm a douche. I was our first child was born as the child was being born. The TV was on, and I had the Simpsons on. Like, yeah, go, honey. 
Good, good job. Uh, I'm watching Bart Simpson on the TV while their first my first child. <laughs> I forgot about that. What do you, I mean, yeah, I'm a douche. The doctors there Sorry. catching, you know, if like you could be there for moral support. I mean, that's about the extent what, of it. Yeah, what am I supposed to? Yeah, exactly. What do I need to do? It was, it was, you know, I want to see, let's see the placenta come out. That's all I was really, I want to see the growth stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. And then the simple, no, I know, I know I'm going to get hit for that. She's going to listen to this later too. I'm going to have my, she's going to whoop my ass again. That's all right. Thanks, Ian. Motherfucker. Thanks. <laughs> hey, you know what? I, I wanted to get into it. You know, we'll get into the book itself, but for the listeners who might not be familiar since this is, you know, a newer show, I know people have heard us on before. But I'd love to get into just your background in 3rd Ranger Battalion, 75th Ranger Regiment, uh, and, and some of the awesome stuff you did. I mean, you were involved also with Operation Red Wings, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, like I came in what I considered to be the sweet spot, uh, timeline-wise, right? Um, it, at least for like the, the Ranger mission, and um, I came into the Army in early 2003, and went through the whole uh, pipeline of, of you know, basic and then medic school and jump school, then uh, RIP before it was RASP and then into SOCOM. Uh, and so it took a while. It was almost like a year and a half before I got to 3rd Battalion. Um, but it was at a time when there was a couple of deployments that had happened, um, you know, for the GWAT and the guys were kind of figuring it out. Uh, I also got there literally the day, the, my first day in regiment was the day they announced the relaxed grooming standards. Uh, so things were kind of starting to like, to like go in this direction of the mentality of like non-conventional warfare, like really, um, that, that taking hold, like we were allowed to choose our own boots out of like four different kinds. Right. And this was such a huge thing. Right. And so like we were, there was like, that's monstrous. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a huge, it was, these were huge things, man. Like, um, uh, you know, because it had been regimented, uh, for, for so long and, um, but we were able, we were starting to work in both Iraq and Afghanistan simultaneously of two different kind of theaters going on. Um, when I got to a third bat, the, um, they were already deployed. Uh, so I met up with them and I got kind of two thirds of a deployment in 2004, uh, into 2005. And then I got to really find out what it was like to be a ranger when I got back <laughs> and going through the training cycles and stuff. And then my second <laughs> Afghanistan deployment was uh, the Red Wings one. It was the first mission that kicked it off, and and then um, and then Iraq in 2006. Um, so I kind of got to go through like I actually was able to be the platoon medic for each one of the platoons in Charlie Company um, before getting out wow. in, uh, in late 06. So it was fast, man. Like I, I yeah. I've always looked at it like I did probably like the minimum amount of deployments and work to to call myself a ranger, right? Like three deployments is a pretty, you know, uh, for, for this generation is, I mean, I have, I have friends who are over 20 deployments and um, I'm still like in awe that I got to work with some of these guys in this moment of time where we were really doing a lot of work in both of these theaters simultaneously. Um, it was really just this, I was very fortunate uh, to be able to utilize the skill sets that uh, were uh, instilled in me throughout that whole training uh, pipeline and everything. So yeah, and it was a cool time. Your op tempo was, was, was crazy. I know you're at that. I, I was with the contracting at that time. So I was watching you guys from afar from what I was doing with the different contract companies. And honestly, I was envious, like, God dang, their op tempo is awesome. And, and you guys were taking on everything. If it wasn't cool enough for blue and green, yeah. it's like, well, red, we'll do it. We'll, 
Yeah. You guys were getting to do some cool shit. Yeah, it was. It was, oh, it was really. I was that, jealous. It was that moment, man. It was like it was that moment, but like um, where we were, we were in between. Like, it, we, like we weren't Cags, you know, like uh, little brothers so much anymore. We were kind of coming up yeah. and being able to work near them and and take over some of their sets. And yeah, the op tempo was was uh, was great. And like, um, but like you look back on, you're like, man, like that's where I was at. Like it's it's kind of wild to think about it now. And like. I tried. I talked to some of my friends once they became platoon sergeants and stuff. Like, I'm going to come back. I'm going to be your medic. Like, oh eight, oh nine. Like, it's not. It's already not the same as it was. So, I don't know. I feel like I was so blessed and fortunate to have hit that that spot. Um, and with the op tempo so high, I mean, we were we we clipped off close to 100 direct action raids in three months. I mean, we were doing yeah, like, wow, nice sometimes. And like um, the thought of it now, it's like you know, yeah. It's I mean. And to have all of our guys come home after that much was such a blessing. I mean, that um, I only barely had to use my medic skills a handful of times and, and, and you know, was was really, you know, just. <laughs> yeah. Do, do, you, do you think that was I was blessed? Do you think that was and I, I, I always and I, I, of course, I'm sure same as you do. We have a soft spot, soft spot in my heart for all bad boys. So 75th. Because of the training, because of the planning, you talk about you the mission planning before you and Marty even went on your trip. Where I don't think people realize how much planning Rangers actually do before the mission even kicks off, in comparison to other units out there. And do you think a lot of that was, or was it just luck? But or or was it was it because of the structure, the regimented planning, the taking, having the contingencies, and then being able to think and adjust on the fly, frago when things don't work out. What do you think that was it that there wasn't a lot of casualties? And and I I mean I think I know the answer because I know how good Rangers are. I mean uh, we, I'm very I'm a junior guy. Yeah, myself, I mean so I, was, I get it. There was a lot of sweat and preparation, and there was bleeding in preparation so that there wasn't that. Yeah. Right? Like, and sometimes it's 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 unavoidable. Yeah. I mean, combat is not controllable. You have you know um, you can control your sector yeah. of it, and you can facilitate the things that you've learned. Um, but it's one of the things that makes it such a crucible, such a test is that, um, at any given moment, even if everything is going the way that you think it's supposed to, all of a sudden it's not, and then you have to react and respond. And something that Rangers are phenomenal at, um, is reacting and responding to something that's unforeseeable, that is the chaos. And then, um, and, and that right is not luck. Um, uh, it's not luck. Um, that is something that is trained into the guys and, and, um, you know, it takes a certain kind of person, a mentality to be able to not go, Oh shit. You know, to go, Oh shit. (laughs) You know, uh, and go into it to lean into it. Um, and, and that's fine tuned. Um, you know, and it's, uh, it's something that I was, you know, I, I count my blessings every day, uh, that I got to work around guys like that. And that was the whole reason for going through all the arduous training is like, that's the guys I want to be working around because there's plenty of other units that, you know, they get involved in those like, oh shit moments. And there, even if there's yeah. one or two or three people in that, that falter, that, that, that hurts everyone inevitably. So, um, yeah. yeah, we were by the, by my third deployment, we were pretty well well-tuned oiled machine to where we're able to take on whatever, um, you know, random circumstance happened, you know, whether it was a suicide bomber taking out, you know, half of a squad and then us having to react to that, um, or, you know, or a helicopter going down, you know, these kind of things. So, 
Um, you know, I know you've had your share of reacting to, uh, you know, to yeah. put it mildly tumultuous yeah. situations. Uh, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, well, and that's that's where I, I I have much respect, and I always saying you can talk about all the other all the other uh, SOCOM units, everything else out there. But being at 75th, that was even even that infamous evening. It was it was always just adjusting. Okay, well, fuck it. Right? It didn't work out this way. What what do we do here? What do we do have now? What do we do now? And it came back from those guys that I learned from the the Sergeant Hendersons and the Rothkeys and the you know, and, and she's in the roops and, and McCaslin's and the guys that smoked the shit out of me to make me learn, Hey, we need to, you need, sometimes you just got to adjust fire and go with it, Ranger and just figure it out. The plan's not going to go to plan. Uh, and, and, and I said, I'm, I, I'm glad you said that because it, it brings me back again to guys like that, that taught me a ton that I have respect for that. I couldn't hold their jock strap. I don't give a shit how much I've been through. They were, they were the Kings of the Kings and uh, just trying to live up to their expectations, man. And again, how it translates also in the business world. What you just said translates so well into the business and the corporate side of things too, which I know you know because you're the books you've and, written and stuff. And fatherhood people resonate from like, yeah, well, just don't give up, just don't quit. Yeah, and yeah. Fa- <laughs> it's like oh, yeah. you have a father, you know, like yeah, like oh man, like I, this is a you have a hurricane in your house and you're constantly adjusting to like things that you weren't expecting to be happening, you know, like. So the, the, yeah, the, the the applications are far and wide. Um, the, the value of those early experiences, our our early Endless. chapters in our life, um, that you know we can kind of carry with us through our character arc. Um, yeah, man. I, like I like people thank me. You know, they're like, oh, thank you for your service. They do that thing, and I'm like, I got so much positive out of it. Like I feel like I should always be thanking everybody else for having the opportunity to spend my early twenties learning those lessons have carried them into so many different environments yeah and and how blessed you are man it's just how blessed you are to, to learn all that shit and absolutely I'm, and you got to do it under I, I, literally i can say i gotta do and learn all this that people watch movies and they make movies and i can actually say it you know and say it not just making an analogy but <laughs> you got to do it in such awesome experiences are like holy shit i gotta learn all this why tracers were going over my head why something exploded and you just see the flash in your night night vision I, you were just all the chaos and i'm learning it all with your adrenaline picked up and how to it and and I, see like you said you're smiling i'm smiling because it, it wasn't terrible it was awesome yeah it was it's being able to apply all those things at the highest levels where the stakes are at the highest as well and getting experience like that so you'll always remember it for the rest of your life. No matter how awful it is, it's still an experience like, wow, man. How lucky was I to fucking get to go through that? How That yeah. was all I – I got so lucky. Yeah. You, you know what? It's interesting. It's, that's a good way to transition into what I wanted to ask you about. And I know you've written about this, and it's something you've probably talked about a whole bunch. And, you know, it, it's older at this point, but I just would like to kind of get your perspective on it. Whenever – Chris talks about 13 hours. You always say minus a few things here and there. They got the movie right. They got the story right. As someone involved in Operation Red Wings, I know that after people saw Lone Survivor, you were someone who was able to say this isn't exactly how it went down. Yeah, it was a it was a dramatized version of something that like, um, you know, in my opinion, I don't think it needed to be dramatized to begin with. Right. Like that was there was enough core substance there of of guys being there for one another and giving everything for one another that, 
um, if we were to have, if if the film would have just focused directly on what happened, there there would have been no need. There was no need, in my opinion, to to uh, you know bolster the numbers and to make it into not something that it wasn't, but to um, to kind of inflate it a bit more, right? Um, and yeah, it was. It's it's just kind of one of those things where that's kind of sometimes the way that that industry is that like to put you know people in seats, uh, people yeah. used to seeing this kind of a body count, you know, like like it couldn't have been just four guys against a dozen guys, and it'd be like that's a that's a real deal thing, you know, it, you know, like the that's a that's a pretty freaking yeah when it's not your terrain <laughs> and you know what I mean, like that's uh, that's fucking that's that's a that's a movie, you know, like. But like the idea of the the conversation of it being two hundred people and a couple of these other things that like, um, you know, were just it, again in my opinion you could have made that as close to a documentary as you know as as right down to the line of of by the numbers and everything that happened and it still would have been an incredible story of brotherhood and sacrifice um, and and overcoming and um, yeah it was kind of I was a little bit like. All right. Do, do you think people don't realize how involved the Rangers were in that rescue? Oh yeah. Well, cause it wasn't, I mean, I don't think Rangers were mentioned at all in the, in the book. And I don't know if the movie, it's been a long time, you know, uh, since I've, I've it, looked at it, but it was, if anything. Yeah. I think at the end of the movie there, brother, end of the movie, they showed the unit coming in, but I, I knew you I knew coming in. I mean, you, I watched it and I like, yeah, that's fucking Ranger Battalion coming in with heavy with everything. But I don't think it ever like pointed out. I think there may be a couple of scenes where they, you see a scroll, but it never was Rangers are coming in to, to rescue a seal a, yeah. again. Yeah. I, did I say that again? Did I say that? I didn't mean to say that. I'm sorry. <laughs> it happens. Yeah, it happens. You know, it happened. It wasn't the only time on that deployment that it happened uh, for me, but. Um, you know, it's, yeah. it's just, you know, storytelling is storytelling and, and, um, you know, we all get to tell our story the way that we tell our story. So, yeah, I like, it was, it was a little bit of head scratching for me in the, when I first, cause like reading the book and then like the details of the book and like, and then the details of the movie, um, were kind of, yeah, it just, it was kind of one of those things like we could just keep it pretty much exactly how it is. And, and, but yeah. And yeah, you can't, you can't put everything in all the time i don't know um but i think that's kind of one of those rangers for the longest time have not really been mentioned up until more recently i think there's a, a yeah. better pr machine behind uh then they're, they're kind of you know i think some of the guys at the top are realizing like wait a second the seals over here they're making these movies and all this stuff and like as a result they're getting a lot more people interested in joining their units and as a result their to capacity and they're able to be more selective of the people that come in i think rangers after a long time kind of figured that out like there was a big there was a big boost in our numbers uh, in our selection numbers after like black hawk down came out right like oh shit this is what that is and yeah. so um yeah it's 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 a double-edged sword man like those those kind of things and um yeah with with a movie like with lone survivor i think it did well to to boost the numbers of guys who wanted to go and be seals uh, getting off the the work track, and we we got touched it a little bit, and then we talked about it. I want to talk about it again. How old you, you? I have a five year old too, right now. If I, I talk about fatherhood, if you could, I like to get into that because it is it's challenging, and it's something that you know I look back now because my fifteen year old 
I was in Iraq for most of the time. My 15-year-old was growing up till he was about eight. Iraq and Afghanistan, my daughter's 12. I missed a lot of her life. Now I got to be with my five-year-old. I get to spend a lot of time with my five-year-old, and I get to see what I missed with those with my older kids. But I, you know, talk to veterans and and how you just did, but how fatherhood has been for you. What is what if it's filled a hole for you? Um, the enjoyment from it. So you know, maybe seven guys that still want to get out there and get into the mix every once in a while. Maybe you know you may want to be around and be around your kids a little more because when you get to be fifty, you're going to look back and go, "Holy shit, I'm I I missed." And you're trying to learn your kids. It looks like I'm doing my future. I'm trying to learn and, and get to be his father again because he really never had a father till almost eight years, nine years of his life, and all that time I've missed that I'm able to see now with my five year old. So I, you know, I, I do. I want you to talk about fatherhood if you can, because uh, honestly, I, I I can tell just by your Instagram post you love being a father. I do, and, and I want guys to hear. I that. do, man. I think and it's, it's something they need to hear. It's an adventure. I mean, and it's like I've been on a lot of adventures, man. <laughs> Whether it's Afghanistan, Iraq, the stuff with Marty. Uh, traveling i've been to over 50 countries and um man there's no adventure like being a dad there just isn't it's something different something new every day and um i think like it, it, was, a, it was a precious thing to me and to like the idea of like being 50 and looking back and going oh man i kind of missed it like i know that for me personally my mindset for a long time was like i'm not going to even live to see 30 right like I, I wrote my own eulogy in Iraq. Like I was like, we're not going to like, I'm, and so like I was burning the candle that fast. And now that I'm, yeah. you know, I'm getting up into my late thirties, I'm going like, wait a minute. Like I've got a lot of time. I, I'm for the first time in my life. I'm like, I could actually live yeah. to be like yeah. 70 or 80 years old. So the premise of being 50 is very young <laughs> now for the first time in my life. So looking at it that way, right. It's this, this paradigm, this perspective shift that, even if I didn't write anymore, even if I didn't really do too much in that regard and just spent time with my child, with my daughter until I was 50, I could then still knock out 10 more books, you know, kind of thing uh, from 50 to yeah. 70. But there's a whole <laughs> other world out there. And this this world right now with 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 your yeah. child, like you get this day today and today only. Um, your kid's only going to be this yeah. old today right now. This, today's the day when they learn this new thing and are you going to be there or not? And uh, like, I remember Ian, Ian, you took like a year yeah. uh, kind of off just to kind of like, or you took that like a Yeah. So yeah, pretty much. I mean, just about it, more like six months or so. And, and I valued it, man. It was great to, it was, it was a pretty cool thing to not have to worry about. Yeah. Anything for so I did that last year. I took a whole year off of writing um, specifically with the intention of like, I'm going to spend my focus with my child. Um, I'm going to cultivate my land here and, um, you know, I'm going to build a garden and I'm going to, you know, we're going to plant trees and we're going to plant vegetables and my, you know, alongside of my kid. And this is this year that I'm going to do that. And I might do that again next year. I don't know yet. Um, but, uh, you know, these moments are precious and they're fleeting and they are finite and they are beautiful. And, um, you know, we can, it's, we can set our careers aside for a little bit and focus on our family um, and still get our career later, but we can't do it the other way around. It, does, it won't work the other way around. We're not going to have the opportunity to go yeah. back. And so it won't, it's yeah. just, it's one of those things, man, like, and, and that child can teach you as much as combat can. Right? Like truly it can teach you about patience. Uh, child, yeah. Child <laughs> can teach you about perseverance. And like, I thought I knew what sleep deprivation was, 
uh, and I had no idea until you know I had a, had an infant in the house. You know, I was like, oh, like I, I was like, I'm a hard man. Like I don't wake up five, six times. No, no, it's a different kind of a thing to have to overcome. And like, uh, yeah, it's been it's it's every day. It's a beautiful journey, man. Like it, my my daughter is a little over three years old now, and so she's like spitting back at me. You know, like we're kind of like able to banter a little bit, and she, you know, she's she's got. Her mother sass and uh she's working on having my lexicon and my, my vocabulary so uh like she's got two languages right she, she's, she's like she'll jabber at me in spanish and i'm like i don't know that word but wait are you i because I, I don't even know are you still in mexico Leo? yeah yeah i live uh, a bit of maybe in less than an hour north of cabo in, in the baja peninsula little fishing village here so cool yeah so yeah, so oh, she's, that's awesome. she's getting it, man. Like she, she's yeah. she's getting after it in every different way, and she's keeping me on my toes. I'm like, I, like she's making me need to learn Spanish because I don't. I'm like, oh man, like she's gonna be able to talk trash to me in about a year and a half in another language. I'm not gonna be able to keep up with her. And you ain't good, though. You can be like, no say, no, no say, no, no habla español. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. callate. No. Oh man! Holy shit! I didn't. I didn't know that. That's, that's fucking yeah. awesome, man. So our daughters. I, I, I had no. I'm like yeah, my, my, my mom's. A, she's our anchor ahead. baby. Yeah, go ahead, Brad. I keep. No, no. She's she's our anchor baby. <laughs> <laughs> she's our anchor. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh no! I I that's a so now you're living. You're you are you pretty much done as far as any sort of paramilitary military work right now you're just right you're not doing any and if you are down in mexico don't tell me anyway because the cartels will come find you so just give me a wink if you're still doing military work no. like paramilitary i'm kidding don't do it no, somebody's watching no or, or, the last, or are you done you're done and you're just writing books now I mean, and i'm i'm surfing and doing and writing and hanging out with my daughter um you know planting mango trees whenever i can awesome uh, dude that's all awesome. yeah the last the last kind of even close to military military work thing that I did was with team five. Uh, we went down to, uh, Peru and did a medical okay. mission. It was just, it was five guys. Um, you know, and, and it was like a week and a half in the jungles there, like going to little villages and, and using some medical skills, it was, you know, uh, five former special operations medics. It was the coolest thing. I ended up, we ended up then afterwards, uh, popping over to Cusco and, um, walking, I walked the Inca trail barefoot to Machu Picchu. It was a real cool yeah. experience. And then I drank a bunch of ayahuasca. Oh wow! And, uh, had, <laughs> nice. Had an experience there, and uh, yeah, that was the last. That was, that was just before my daughter was born. It was kind of like the last time I operated, and it wasn't really a military capacity. That's I was just cool. working with with guys from our community, um, and uh, yeah, now it's just it's just all chill. We'll we'll have to hear about the ayahuasca experience cool. at some point because that that'd be a lot to get into, I'm sure. But um, I of course want to make sure we get into the book, so. The, the thing is, everything yeah. that you've written yeah. has been very different thus far because you've done stuff about your military career. The last book you did, the poetry book, was really cool in that you had a lot of really heavy stuff in there about combat, but then you also had a lot of fun stuff about growing up. And I remember, like, the first poem in the book was about you growing up listening to Deftones and Dr. Dre. I, I literally remember that line, which I thought was so cool. Um, this new book, War and Pieces, what inspired it? Yeah. Um, I, the poetry in general, I think it, it was it was like what we talked about before about like there being chaos and then reacting to it. Right. Um, and poetry for me, like I write, I love writing um, and having a daughter 
having an infant in the house, it became very challenging, very difficult um, to write long form, to write novels. Uh, and so um, I channeled that energy into writing something like, okay, she's down for a nap. It might be for 15 minutes. It might be for an hour and a half. I want to write something. And poetry is a short form enough where I can get it. I can get a condensed amount of emotion and an idea, a concept out in a few minutes uh, to a half an hour. And it's done. I have a start to finish product, you know, while she's nursing or while she's napping. Um, and so I was I was able to throughout her infancy and now in a toddler to be able to continue to write and produce um, and, and to kind of get these things out. Uh, you know, I didn't have to kind of fully stop that. I could do it little bits at a time. So um, that was kind of where the shift occurred. I was reacting to my environment and to my roles as a father. And now that I have this place, like I built this, uh, this library and office on my property, I have a quiet place to go and she's old enough to understand. Now I'm, I'm, I'm writing more novels. I'm writing more fiction. So I've got two or three books right now that are in the works. Um, so the poetry, wow. you know, writing lyrics, song lyrics has always been something I've, I've been keen on since probably like eighth grade, but, um, poetry, I've always enjoyed it. Uh, it just, this was the time in my life where it made the most amount of sense tactically to like, this is when I engage in this. And now I'm, I'm able to move beyond this even, and I might get back into it later, later on. But, um, yeah, it was just, I was reacting to the chaos of my environment with, with this poetry. So this is kind of a continuation of the last poetry book, it sounds like. Yeah, it's I think that what I what I didn't like about the last one, um, right, like the things I look at it, because I'm pretty hypercritical of, of my own work, regardless of whether it's like lifting a weight or surfing a wave or, or writing a book. Um, I just wanted to improve on the last one that I did. Um, and I, th- I, I really believe that I achieved that with this. I got to work with some awesome guys at Dead Reckoning Collective about it and, and with it and um, it is, it is poetically, it is a story from war that, uh, travels through love to redemption. Um, and it's kind of structured that way in a nonlinear flow, but it begins heavily with war and some of those war experiences. And, um, uh, it goes into kind of the tribulations of coming back from war. I had somebody actually recently comment that there's a, there's a poem in there called Dear War. Uh, it's kind of modeled after a Ginsburg poem called America. Uh, but it's about two or three pages long. And uh, somebody reached out to me and was like, dude, like you condensed all of on assimilation, your second book into like three pages in this one poem. So um, I like to think that that means I'm getting better and more specific, uh, <laughs> but it goes through that process of like getting out and going through those bumps and um, reflecting on them. Right. Um, some of them, some of those times on ayahuasca or on, on peyote or yeah. um, on psilocybins, these things and like meditating for long periods of time and, and, and trying to like, to figure them out and then going through love, right. The love of a child, the love of, you know, a spouse, um, the love of your brothers, um, and, and, and making that be, you know, kind of what your essence is and, and finding the first kind of steps onto the path toward redemption as a human and, um, toward grace really. Um, and that's what I was attempting to capture with worn pieces. And, um, I think for the most part, I, I got it. Um, I feel pretty happy about it. I feel content enough with it and good enough about it where I don't feel like I have to do another poetry book in order to, you know, like fill in the gaps that I did with this one. I feel really yeah. uh, uh, pretty sound about it and it's resonating with people. And um, so now it's onward to uh, some fiction uh, novels uh, that I've been tinkering with for, you know, a little while now. So, man. Nice. 
as I, I think the authenticity that you bring because you're, you're uh, as as any writer should it should come from the heart uh anybody that's having issues out there if there's guys that are going through their hard times picking up one of your books from what with the with especially the poetry i think it's going to bring them recenter them it, it really will because it's like hey guys this this is how you get through it this is a guy's been through a lot of shit yeah. and he's a good father now you know, he's going through the fatherhood at the and he's finding out that wait a second, this you know it's it, war and all that. That's the that's the brotherhood. Families another brotherhood. This love in all aspects. We're bringing it all together. And it, it took me till I was fifty to figure that out. I'm glad you're figuring out when you're thirty. You're a lot smarter than me. It took me and it took me a lot of fuck ups to like figure. Okay, that that didn't work. That didn't work. I should have planned better. It didn't plan for you shit. Know, like but I think guys should do that. They should pick up that book. We stand on we stand on shoulders, and you're one of those guys, right? That like. I'm standing on your shoulders in a sense, right? Like I figured it out maybe a little bit quicker because I have role models like you. I have there are people out there who have been figuring this out, and hopefully the next generation of guys they figure it out before they're 38. You know, like they can figure it out in their 20s. And 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 man, what a what a glorious experience that we have from combat to bring to the rest of society uh, this, this this kind of warrior culture and what we have and go, hey, look, yeah. this is this is what we've seen and this is what we've interpreted out of it. It's a valuable thing and. Now I'm working as an editor uh, of uh, the second. Now this is the second collection of poetry that we're putting out um, from veterans all over the world. Um, I uh, um, I had the you know kind of created this concept and worked with Dead Reckoning on it. Um, it's called War and After. That should be coming out around Veterans Day. But it's I think there's like 60 or 70 different wow. veterans who are featured their poetry, and I've been really encouraging uh, people um, write you know write these things, get them out, and we'll collect them. I'll read them. And we'll put them into a book, and then 100% of those proceeds goes to um, a veteran charity that helps veterans uh, with this process. Awesome. Uh, so, yeah, it's a powerful medium. Um, you know, poetry is something that uh, it's not like, you know, you've experienced writing the books. It's, that's a lofty undertaking. A poem is something that you can just vomit out your emotion about something in a pretty short form and get it out and then share it with the world, this worthy experience. Um, and that's really kind of the mission that I'm on right now with poetry beyond my own work is, is, is the thing I find to be more important is getting other people to engage in that and then giving them a platform uh, to publish their works. Uh, so, again, working with Dead Reckoning on those collections, this is the second volume. Uh, the last one did very well. A lot of people involved with it and a lot of people getting their their experience out. So. Man, that's amazing. And you're right. Maybe that's what I need to do is poetry because you're I writing books it does the first the third one i said i'm not doing another one because it felt like I, the last one it was good and i'm glad i got the stories out but it felt like assignment yeah. like, jesus i'm back in grad school again writing this shit shit but uh, you know i never thought of it because you're right you think of it and the way you planned it hey i got 30 minutes my kid's down for a nap hopefully it's not gonna wake up i can bust this out in 30 minutes and <laughs> and be done i that's that's brilliant. See, that's why you're a fucking smart ranger, and I'm still trying to figure this shit out. I, I said, I, <laughs> uh, I was like, that's the most brilliant thing I've ever heard. Holy shit! How did I not think of that? Because I'm an idiot. That's why. Okay, got it. But that, that makes perfect sense. And you help another veteran. I and I, I highly recommend. So get with Leo. You know, don't don't kill his Instagram page with DMs and stuff. I get it. Yeah, but. If you have an issue, I know you're going to listen to him. If you see something in there where you're, and I know you can feel it, you read it and you can, okay, this guy, I probably need to reach out to him. This one's just, who knows, but you can tell because you, you want to help. And that's awesome that you're still helping guys find a way to overcome adversity 
through writing, which to me is the best, I, I know from my experiences, is one of the best ways to get through that adversity is put it down on paper. Don't be ashamed to, and don't be ashamed to put your faults down there. Put it down and, and, and overcome. That's amazing, brother. That's amazing. Thank you. I rest. Thank you. Yeah, and you know, know what you mentioned. Even... Okay, I'm not going to suck. I'm not sucking off Leo anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've, that delay. You guys that both have. It's, it's, it's a mutual <laughs> thing. It sounds like, but um, no. And you, you know, you mentioning the plant <laughs> medicine you stuff. Not there again. What are you talking about? You mentioning the plant well, medicine <laughs> stuff, though, I think is is important as well because you know yeah. I don't know. I'm not going to act like I know much about it. I've never experimented with that type of stuff, but just objectively looking at it, the, the stuff that is killing veterans and getting people hooked is the opioids, all the other stuff, you know, the people who have yeah. tried ayahuasca like yourself, I, I really haven't heard anything that negative at all. It seems like it's all been positive. Um, so, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of documentaries on it and we always hear the stay away from drugs thing, which I am definitely not a drug person, but I think the real problem is they're prescribing veterans the wrong drugs, the drugs that are making them kill themselves, yeah. the drugs that are getting them hooked. Yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not an expert. I have some anecdotal experiences. I think as far as experts in the field, there's an um, uh, organization called the Heroics Heart, Heroic Hearts Project um, that was formed by a guy from 2nd Ranger Battalion. Uh, and he's, I mean, he's really leading the way in that regard. Um, and if, if people want more information on that uh, kind of stuff, that, that's a great resource. Um, I can tell some stories and talk about my own personal experiences. I agree with you 110 percent that um, we're like we're not we are starting to reevaluate these types of things, specifically psilocybin, right? Mushrooms as being a much more powerful and effective antidepressant and um, anti-anxiety medicine Um the numbers in the preliminary tests right now are it's phenomenal. The, 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 um, the results of them were like one single treatment is like 70% um, effective right across the board with, with people. So um, there's, there's a lot of validity there and they've been stigmatized and lumped into this category of, you know, of heroin and meth for like a really long time. And realistically, you know, a mushroom is a plant. It is a it is a fungi. It's you know, it's something that's there. And if if we can if we can, because I was a I was a huge anti drug person. Any kind of drug, like I didn't I didn't I didn't smoke pot until like well into my mid twenties for the very first time. Like I didn't like I was keen on working for the DEA. In fact, I was their, I was a the fast team medic uh, contracted with those guys for a while. Very like um, and. Through my travels and people I've met, uh, I've I've had my perspective shifted on you know what a drug is and what a you know a healing substance is and um, yeah it's you know there's there's a lot of there's a lot of people out there who can speak more intelligently to it than I can but I can tell you that from every one of my experiences that I've had it's been 100 percent positive except for one ayahuasca experience that like I. <laughs> and, like the shaman wasn't really terribly present and uh it, i, I kind of you know uh it got a little bit dark for me for a little while uh but uh, you know as a result of getting deep into that darkness right like i was able to crawl out and see you know a lot of things that i didn't before and in the 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 long run of that it was a very positive thing um so it's um but yeah you don't you don't hear about you know uh, veterans killing themselves you know, you know, after taking too many mushrooms, that doesn't happen. Um, at least, you know, nowhere on record. So, but whereas with some of the stuff that the VA is prescribing and how they 
contradict one another. Um, you know, I've been to too many of my friends' funerals as a result of those exact drug interactions that have been prescribed by the VA. Um, you know, and it's it's yeah, it's time that we kind of like start rethinking the narrative on um, on those things. Yeah, in my opinion. No, I I agree. I having experienced on meds from the VA, and I know they mean well. I, they're not doing it. The people there are trying to help, but it, it made things worse. And uh, yeah, I, I I'm I I do do the CBD oil, and I think it works. It worked well for me. I don't need anything stronger than that. Um, but I could tell the difference when I got off the meds and started doing the the oil. We're like, yeah. and I'm 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 not in this up and down where I'm just all over the place with the VA meds. Where CBD, I was finally, I was finally just, all right, good. Hey, I'm just, I'm, yeah. I'm good. I'm just right there level, and, and, and uh, it, it was. I, I completely agree. It should be looked at. The natural remedies, totally agree. Should be, it should be looked at as being a viable option, um, or even a viable replacement for hard meds that I can tell you did nothing for me but make it worse. I mean, and I can tell objectively just. Objectively, from just having this conversation, you could tell when a guy is on meds and he's in a whole nother universe and he's not present. I mean, speaking with you right now, I'm assuming you're not on anything at the moment, but you're completely present, you know, and and I know that you seem completely fine right now. So, I mean, you know the difference of a guy who's on opioids and you're like, wow, this guy is fucked up right now. And he needs some help. Um, so, I mean, everything you're saying makes sense to me. I think it's something that at the very least needs to be looked at. Um, you know, wrapping things up here because I know I know Tonto is to go in a little bit. I know you're a big music guy with the yeah, loss. Just, just and so you know, brother. Yeah. Hey, I, I'm sorry you didn't mean to cut you off. Just so you know, it's kids' time. I I, I promise, kids, pumpkin patch. That's the number one. So that's why we're we're. I had to cut it short a little bit on my side. Yeah. Okay. I just want. I knew you'd understand, but I wanted to make sure you knew why. It wasn't because I don't love seeing your pretty face, man. Because I do. <laughs> I really do. It's just yeah. My five year old will 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 come knocking on the door. Daddy, time go, time go, and, and we. And, and it's eight hours. Let's do this. Come on, you guys. That's awesome, man. That's so cool. Uh, you guys are gonna go pick out some. <laughs> I'm, I gotta. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to teach him that eight hour. He hasn't got it yet. <laughs> I'm trying to teach eight hour. Daddy, eight hour. I got. Go get it. Go get it. Sorry, Ian. I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, no, no. It's brother. all good. And, and for go the ahead. listeners. There's a little bit of a lag, so that's what you're hearing. But, um, no, I, I know you're a big music guy with the loss of Eddie Van Halen. Just a really quick question I got to ask. Favorite Van Halen song? Oh, and um, there is no bad Van Halen song as long as you've got a drink yeah. in your hand and you're like, you know what I mean? Like, anytime, there's like, any, I just feel like anytime Van Halen would come on, like, so there's a, there's a couple of like, um, Cabo Wabo type places nearby. And like, there's like, nice. you can't, it's like journey. It's like, what's the best journey song? It's like, they all make, yeah, yeah. you know, um, you know, just jump, right? Like, uh, you just can't, yeah, there's, um, yeah, it's just that, yeah. I don't, I don't know if there's a bad one. Okay. Va- all right. All right. Then Van Halen or Van Hagar. I like both. I'll, I'll put mine out there. Actually, I have, I have big favorites on both sides, but do you have a favorite and being down in Cabo? Are you leaning that way towards the Van Hagar? Or, yeah, I mean, yeah, Sammy or Hagar are you still? Like, uh, I like both. I, I, I play. Yeah, I mean, Sammy Hagar is kind of an institution here, um, and 
You can't. Yeah. I, I'm not like I'm more worried. I would be more worried with the neighbors that I have about trash and Sammy Hagar than saying something that would upset the cartels. Let's just say that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hog. Oh, uh, okay. One last thing. Before you, and we always, I always do it with the with the guy from Battalion, with the Bat Boy, with the seventy fifth guy. Um, always have kids listening, high school kids or those that are like in college that are thinking about joining. Give the advice to the guy that wants to join seventy fifth Ranger Regiment and what he should prepare for uh, before he gets there. So, give maybe tell him something that you wish you would have known before you before you sign that that option 40 or that rip contract i had a super squared away mentor he was a pj for 10 years and the advice he gave me um was know the ranger creed inside and out before day one that helped me out quite a bit right like i had it memorized before i started medic school that's something that you can anybody can do right obviously physical fitness there are so many different pages out there that will help you with that um my advice for me personally, would be if you're embarking on that journey to enjoy every step of the way, to enjoy the discomfort in it. When you're yeah. in RASP and you're out there in cold range, take a moment when you yeah. know your your feet are wet and you're cold to go. This is it. This is the moment. Um, you know where any stage of it, right? Like that's the advice. Like this is the moment. Like love it because you're going to look yeah. back on that time. And smile, even though you were miserable in that moment, like enjoy the misery. It's all beautiful. All of it, man. Like, you you know, you don't realize it so much at the time unless you're present that the guy on your left and right are the guys. They're the guys (laughs) who are literally going to be coming down and visiting your house in Mexico 17 years later and drinking all your beers. And it's it's the truth. Like, like. Be present in the moment, um, and yeah, through the and enjoy every step of the journey. Enjoy it truly. Enjoy it. Enjoy you know how much your knees hurt in airborne school. You know, enjoy all of it. It's 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 beautiful. It's yeah. all beautiful. Oh man, that's well said. No, it's awesome. I I I I got nothing to add. Better than I and I I no I well you need to start doing the show Leo I suck you're a lot better than you, yeah. <laughs> no this has been hey, great man Ian, I, I love it I, I, and I'm not I'm not kidding when I say like I've been looking forward to this for weeks man like I really have as soon as we figured out it was gonna happen I mean with my boy Ian like every time with him and to be able to kind of like meet you this way is it's like I I lately like it's an yeah. honor um it truly is and like I told a couple of people like I told my dad I was gonna he's like you really like he he'll talk to you I'm like. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, I appreciate you. Just reaffirmed, validated my whole uh, life yeah. right there, Dad. Thanks. I've... That's how. Yeah, you now <laughs> you're like a Hollywood guy. You're not just an ordinary. Oh, hey, but you know, but that's being said. You, you, did you have carte blanche on the show? You got a new book coming out. You call. Oh, thank get you so much. And I, I, I always, and I have, I have so much admiration for Ranger, especially the. See, I was a contractor through all of GWAT. I, I was a peacetime ranger. I did all the 10 years I was in. It was all kind of granted. It was fun. I had a great time. No oversight at the time when we were first doing it. But talking to the GWAT rangers, the young guy like yourself that got into it and had no choice but to take off running. I, I have so much respect for you guys because it was. It was like sheer madness and you handled it so well. And you took missions on that only green and blue could have. And, you, and red showed that no. We're fucking perfectly capable to do these on our own, and you did them well, and you weren't pretentious about it. You took everything. So to me, I admire that because I, I was like, "Yep, that's that's the Rangers I I learned from, and those are the guys that I I, I have so much respect for because they just do the work. Give yeah. me the work. 
whatever fuck it is. I don't care whatever. what it is. Yeah, HVT, or we're going to go search a villain. I, yeah. I don't care. Give it to him. Yeah, that was awesome. 100% and then some. So, man. This, this was yeah, so much yeah. fun, man. Roger so, that, man. Once again, the uh, the latest book is War and Pieces, but Leo has several books yeah. you can check out. So go to Amazon, look up War and Pieces from Leo. He's holding up the cover right here. I mean, it's, it actually was a really cool looking cover. Um, at Leo underscore Jenkins on Twitter, at, uh, or I should correct that, at Leo underscore Jenkins underscore on Twitter, at Leo underscore Jenkins on Instagram. But yeah, this has been great. It's probably been several years since I got a chance to speak with you. And uh, we'll meet up again soon. Maybe I'll have to take a trip out to Mexico because New York is not that fun at the yeah, moment. Yeah, I, w- I wanted to get into that. We're going to have to do it at another show because I'm kind of curious. <laughs> of the Yeah, but we got room for you, man. Come on down. Oh, man, I, I may take you up on hey, it. Hey, and there's a few, hey, Leo, there's a hey, few guys I know living in Mexico now, I think. Ah! Go go ahead. I'll, I'll ask you a question. I, I'm throwing you off, I'm throwing you <laughs> off man. Um, but no, no, I finished, finished. I keep stepping on, on Ian because like we're cutting the time and I want to get all my stuff in before we cut out. Um, can you and Marty sign up, sign that book for me and send it to me? I've just now started my, it's like over here somewhere, the collection of like my boys who have written books and like, and I'm like now starting to get into the swap. Now that I'm not living out of a backpack anymore. Uh, uh, I, uh, I'm into that. I'm 100. percent Yeah, we'll get. I'll get some. We'll get uh, violence of action. Uh, I'll, I'll call it Marty, and we'll get one sent out to you. And, and uh, for sure, for sure, too easy. Yeah, tell, tell him I still love Marty. Tell him I still love. Him. I miss. I miss talking to. Him. But I, I love that because that was like 2014. That was that was like when 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 we I started writing, and that was you know one of the ones like man, that's a fucking great book. And it made it up to me. It made it okay to say I'm a ranger writing yeah. books. You know, because it was like a. No, yeah. Stigma. Like only seals. I think Nick Irving, that was Nick so, Irving, Yeah, I loved it. If you mind. was kind of one of the first guys, and I was like, yeah. and Marty, and so yeah, kind of like. And now, how many amazing stories have come out of yeah. that? Like the like, hey, you know, and and how much learning has happened yeah. as a result of that. So, yeah, I'm glad that stigma broke. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, definitely. Sorry, Ian. I jacked it up again. Chris fucked it up for everybody. Everybody go home. He keeps messing up the interview. No, this was this was perfect, man. And there you have it. Another episode in the books. And if you'd like to order one of our very awesome Battleline podcast t-shirts, we have the link right there in the description of this episode. And of course, if you're looking for ammo, I know a lot of you guys are. Everywhere is sold out right now. You're thinking... Where do I go? Well, if you didn't hear my first two reads, I have the answer. It's Fort Scott Munitions. Fort Scott Munitions is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition that is designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military-grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammo being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in every state, as well as direct online through fortscottmunitions.com. Use the exclusive promo code BATTLELINE for 15% off your order, 
But seriously, go there now because everything is selling out fast. I'm not just saying that as a marketing ploy. I mean, it's just like every other ammo site in terms of how quickly things are going out the door, but they still have great deals. So it's fortscottmunitions.com, offer code BATTLELINE. That's it. Go there now. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, Battleline Tactical, and the Battleline Podcast. We will be back next week, and next week we are guest-free. So send in your questions to battlelinepodcast at gmail.com, battlelinepodcast at gmail.com, one word. Uh, any questions you have for the show, we'll get to what we can, but uh, that is your homework assignment, I guess. I don't like to say homework assignment. It's- Homework is never fun. This is supposed to be fun. But any questions here for Chris, any questions here for me, battlelinepodcast at email.com. Signing out. Have a great week. That's all for this episode of the Battleline Podcast. But we'll be back on Monday with more American Straight Talk. Until then, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Battleline Podcast and on Twitter at Battleline Pod. To sign up for future Battleline tactical courses, go to www.christantoperanto.net. Believe in yourself, face all challenges head on, and as always, never quit. <laughs> <laughs>